Hello, everyone. Welcome into the Fortress of Comic Tooth podcast. My name is Tyler. Hi, Mary. We're here for another uh, second episode of a new show that we were doing. Started last month called Comic Book Club. We're going to take a trade paperback and talk about it. And uh, what book are we doing this month? Old Man Logan. Old Man Wolverine. Logan. Yes, the original Old Man Logan from Mark Millar and Steve McNiven. Uh, last month, uh, we started this with uh, Lock and Key, which was a lot of fun. So if you haven't listened to that, please go back and do so. We did the first volume called Welcome to Lovecraft. Uh, it's a favorite of Mary and I. But yes. this month, we decided to go with the Marvel book, and we're going to do Wolverine Old Man Logan from like 2010 or 11 or whenever the hell this book came out. I don't remember. See. Good enough. Yes. So this is another favorite of ours. Yes. Yeah, I would say fair, so. Is that fair I really to say? liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's probably one of my favorite, like out of continuity, like kind of a what if story of all time. Not really a what if, but uh, you know what I mean. Kind of an alternate future kind of story. Yep. This is a alternate future Wolverine in the universe with Earth. Uh, I have the number Earth. Uh, it's. Eight zero seven one two eight. Okay, I always like to imagine this is like Wolverine's like Dark Knight Returns. Like that's the way I always kind of like to look at it. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, it's an alternate future universe, similar to the Dark Knight Returns. Okay. So it's right. just badass Wolverine. Yes. Not that Wolverine was never a badass, but this yes. is even more of a badass of Wolverine. So there is full spoilers. Oh, if you yeah, have obviously. not read this. This is spoilers. If you haven't read this book. You really should. Um, it's good. It's it's only like seven issues long, and it's really really well done. Um, it's all you know collected in one trade. You should. This is really something uh, most comic fans I think should own. Yeah, um, and even if you really don't know that much about Wolverine, you need to know nothing. You don't. Yeah, need to, next to nothing. Like you need to know who Wolverine is. I think. Oh well, like, yeah. Just to know like a certain. You need to have like a, a very basic knowledge of the Marvel universe. Like yeah, very basic. Very basic, which is me. I have a very I'm so, I'm basic. Yeah, it's completely out of <laughs> continuity, completely non-canon. Um, no comment on my basic what? on my basicness. How basic are you? just I want you didn't re- say anything to me about me being basic. So yeah, basic Marvel. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah, we're recording this late at night. Yeah, late uh, at least late for us. Yeah. So, um, this we're is uh, this is Mark Millar and Steve McNiven, uh, fresh off of doing Civil War, the original Civil War, um, a couple years earlier. Uh, Steve McNiven is one of the better artists. I think that doesn't get a lot of credit. He's not one of the like, I don't think like hot names or, or something when you really think about like the better modern comic artists but he's very good like there's a lot of pages in this book that are just stunning yeah so uh, that being said we're going to get into this book and again yeah full spoilers we're basically just going to kind of go through the story uh kind of give our thoughts and and everything else so uh let's take a ride into an alternate future with old man logan you ready mary i i am ready are you yes all right so basically this is like we said like i said it was an alternate future universe where the supervillains overthrew the superheroes yep that's really all you're gonna know up for right now up front yep yep um it's an alternate future where yeah the the all you they just they talk about this great fight where the villains won yep and um 
half the heroes are gone, if not more. The heroes that are left are either in hiding or retired. Super old. Yeah. Um, and here we get to meet Old Man Logan, or for the sake of the story, Logan. <laughs> yes. And he is a farmer. Yep. And he lives in uh, California Hopeland. somewhere. Yeah, somewhere in California. Uh, Sacramento. Sacramento, okay. With his wife, Maureen, and young children, Scotty and Jade. Um, Logan is, yeah, it, 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 it's weird because he's like, their life's really not good because they don't have much and they get harassed by the Hulk children that you'll find out and everything else. But, like, he's happy with it. Like, he's happy. Like, he talks about throughout the book that he likes this little life that they have. Um, I, I really kind of enjoy that. And it's almost like if anyone's ever seen, like, the the like the Clint Eastwood movie, like, Unforgiven, this is basically, like, Unforgiven with Wolverine. It's, it's pretty similar to that or it feels that way. So, uh, Wolverine comes riding in on a horse and uh, basically th- they're coming up with their rent is about to be due and they don't have the money. Yep. And um, when the supervillains won, they divided up into the country into like these territories. And yes. so where they live is like Mary mentioned earlier, Hulkland. Hulk got all of California. Uh, his is like the smallest territory out of all of them. For some reason, Hulk only gets California and the rest of the country is divided up into other segments. Yeah. So it's four segments. Yeah. Which it's actually cool. They give you kind of a map later on in the book that kind of shows... It's kind of fun because a lot of the cities get renamed, so it's just kind of fun to see like how they kind of rename some of the the bigger yeah. cities and stuff. But uh, they're talking about how they're gonna how they're gonna come up with some of the with the money for the rent. And uh, I really like Wolverine, Logan. I guess um, I really like how he is. Like he's a good he's a good person in this book for the most part. Like he's a good dad too like they have this conversation where like all oh, the kids could sell off some of their toys or their xbox or he's like, whatever no. he's like we're not selling the kill the children's toys like it's just we're not doing that yeah. that's not gonna happen they can have their needs they can have their not their needs they don't need them but and the kids are even like dad we don't play with that as much anymore it's okay we're willing to like do our part whatever and like he's like too prideful. Yeah, he's to, like you don't have to give up your stuff. Yeah, like he he's too prideful to make his children get rid of their things to pay the rent, which I I don't know. I just he I like I like how Logan is in the story. I like how he's like a caring individual because it's not something you really see from him too much in other stories. So um, I really do appreciate that. But um, the next day or two days later, the day of the rent being due is here. And we get to see the Hulk children or the Hulk. They're actually the Hulk grandchildren. Um, They're like inbred incestual grandchildren. Um, Yeah, they're the Hulk and she Hulk. Bruce Banner and Jennifer Walters uh, offsprings offspring. Offspring. Yeah. So they're all inbred. They're not like they're not like mentally handicapped, but they're definitely like not fully there. Yeah. As as incest products of incest would be, so, um, which which kind of gives them like an extra creep factor. Like they're like really like, I, I'm trying I'm trying to think of like the way to say it without like offending anybody, but like they're like really like white trashy like rednecky inbred Hulk people. Yeah. Um, they have one of the old Fantastic Four's um ships that they've you know, spray painted all over and everything else. 
Um, yeah, they're just they're just creepy. They're just creepy and they're really hick looking. I guess they're really mean. They are really mean. Um, Wolverine goes to meet them when they get there, and they they basically kind of bully him around. And um, you you find out that Wolverine has not popped his claws in fifty years. It's been fifty years since the villains won. We should have said that at the beginning, I guess, but. Mm-hmm. This is 50 years into a future where the villains had defeated the superheroes. And Wolverine, for whatever reason, has become a pacifist and refuses to fight. He will not use his claws. Yep, he has not popped his claws in 50 years. Um, We see him kind of have like a fantasy of doing like kind of like what he would... Of popping his claws. Yeah, like of what he he would like to do to the Mm -hmm. Hulk people, but he won't. And um, the Hulk kids just like beat the shit out of wolverine um which i mean he he knows he can take it because he has the healing factor and stuff but it still sucks especially in front of his kids and everything um and one of wolverine's sons can't take it anymore and he you know grabs his gun and tells him get away from my dad and everything and uh the hulk kids beat the crap out of wolverine some more and they tell him okay you're gonna pay us double next month or we're just gonna kill everybody so Mm -hmm. It's up to you. A uh, couple of days later, Wolverine's still healing up from his from his wounds and that, and uh, one of his old friends comes to visit him. Who is that man? Hawkeye. Old man Hawkeye. Old man Hawkeye, and he wants Wolverine. Everybody... <laughs> oh, sorry. What? Go ahead. No, no go, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, everyone in this book is either old man blank or old lady blank. Like, yeah. old man Hawkeye, old man Logan. <laughs> Yeah, so Hawkeye needs some help. He wants to take some stuff across the uni- universe, across, across the, universe. the country. Is that a and um, Hawkeye is blind. Yes. So he would like some help from Wolverine to drive a car across the country. Yeah, um, yeah, he wants him to help him with his job. And uh, Wolverine tells him, like, I guess you find out that Hawkeye's kind of been in and out of trouble since this villain regime has taken over. He's been caught transporting drugs and everything. And yeah. Like, Wolverine's like, I'm not going to help you make a drug run. Like, I'm not doing that. And he basically tells him, like, you don't have a choice. Like, like yeah. I'm willing to offer you this much money. What position do you really have? Like, So Wolverine accepts. Yeah. Now, I can't remember how much he offers to to give him, but... Uh, he, it's he, enough to pay off his He offers him a lot of money. Um, something kind of cool. Uh, so... Yeah, obviously with Hawkeye being blind, he just needs somebody to help him get there. They're going to drive from Sacramento all the way to, uh, I can't remember, was it like New... Uh, New Babylon. New Babylon, that's what it is, which is, I think, in, which is, I think is New York, right? Yeah. Is that what they renamed New York? Basically, they're driving from the West Coast to the East Coast. Uh, and their mode of transportation is the old school spider buggy, mm-hmm. which has been uh, somehow preserved and kind of adjusted, the, as you find out, which is kind of cool. Um, it's really funny because you get the impression that like, I need to get these things to New Babylon and I obviously am blind. So I need someone to help drive me there. It's like the impression you get, but like, no, no, Hawkeye is going to drive. He just needs somebody to like, tell him which direction to go and Mm -hmm. tell him. He tells him one time, he's like, just tell me if I'm going to hit any potholes. Yeah. Like, are you serious? So Hulkland is not just California. It's also Oregon and Oregon. Yeah. Or, Oregon and Washington And Washington. State. Okay. okay. Um, yeah. So here's where you kind of get the map 
and you get uh, Hulkland, the Kingdom of the Kingpin, uh, Doom's Lair, and the President's Quarter. Yep. So. All right. So. And like I say, um, if you have the book, it's fun to kind of go through the map and just kind of laugh at some of the renamed city names, you know, that uh, that you're going to come across here. So I wanted to take a second uh, real fast. Uh, We're not going to do this after every issue, but after the first one, I wanted to because this is the end of issue one with them Mm -hmm. leaving in the spider buggy. Um, I I really want to point out how good of a first issue this is on its own because it's like a seven issue story. In this first issue, you get so many things set up and so many questions that like we read this in a trade. Like I didn't we didn't read this as it was coming out, but I cannot imagine how you would not pick up issue two if you picked up issue one because they tell you like something happened, the superheroes won. They tell you Wolverine hasn't popped his claws in fifty years. They tell you that like the president, like something like you're like, who's the president? They tell you that Hawkeye has this briefcase. You don't know what it is. You know what I mean? Like there's all these like questions. It's it's such a good first issue. It is. It's definitely a hooker. Yeah, I I love that. Like I just I really appreciate Mark Pillar's writing in a sense that like putting so many hooks in there to make you come back for more. I love that. To find out like what happened to the superheroes. Why won't Wolverine fight anymore? Because he's always been a punch now, ask questions later. Like Yeah. So I I really enjoy that. So uh So they're going through the Kingpin's territory now. Yep. Yep, Wolverine and, and Hawkeye are just cruising along they they drive off a cliff and stuff and wolverine gets really scared but it's the spider buggy so it can drive in all kinds of different directions because it can you know stick to walls like spider-man can see um they make it to san francisco so they're, they're still in Hulkland right now because they're in oh. san francisco okay so, um it's getting late uh you find out that there's these uh i don't know what you'd call them they're called moloids but they're like these little creatures that they uh they can't handle the sunlight, so they only come out at night. And they're like they live underneath the earth and stuff. Yep. They're scary dudes. They're just they're guys you don't want. They're creepy mess looking. Um, I can't remember why do why do they stop? Because Hawkeye knows that that spider girl is in trouble. No, they don't. They don't do that yet. They're driving along, and for whatever reason, they stop and they go into this town thing and there's this they get ambushed by a gang called the ghost riders ah. not ghost rider but a gang of people that have named themselves after um after them and anyways they get kind of ambushed and stuff and beat up again just kind of going over again the fact that you know wolverine refuses to fight hawkeye shoots a arrow through one of the dudes like nostrils and it comes Ugh. out the back of his head kick-ass looking panel though and uh, this is where... Opposite, it goes goes through the back of his head, through his nostril. Is that what it was? Yeah. You are 100% right, my lady. Yeah, um, I know. <laughs> this is where Hawkeye kind of confronts Logan because Logan's been telling him all this time, like, hey, I'll go if I don't have to fight. I will not fight. Yeah. Whatever. And Hawkeye didn't really believe him up to this point. And he's like, he's like I thought you would, like, become yourself, like, once danger became like i didn't think you were really serious so like you're just gonna sit there and just take it and logan like doubles down he's like i'm telling you i don't do that anymore it's not who i am yeah like i haven't fought in 50 years and he tells he 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 mentions like i will never hurt another person ever again Mm -hmm. so um interesting now they they make it to las vegas 
Um, Viva Las Vegas. Yep. Uh, Las Vegas kind of becomes this like. It's called Hammer Falls. Yeah, and it's like a it's like a memorial almost like for the superheroes. Like this is where people come to like remember the superhero days and they buy merchandise and uh, Mjolnir is here and nobody can obviously lift it. So it's become like a like a landmark. Uh, people go, you know, look at it and revel in its majesty. Um, and here we get to meet uh, a fun character in this book, Ultron 8. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Hawkeye, is that you? He's like, we, I'm so glad that, like, you're here. We need your help. And I think he mentioned something like, oh, you're answering our call or something like that, whatever. He's like, I didn't know you were calling me. We're literally just passing through. Um, and Ultron 8 is the robot husband of Hawkeye's ex-wife who is Spider-Man's daughter. Yeah. Peter Parker's daughter. Uh, stay with us, guys. It's not that complicated. Um, Hawkeye mentions he's been married three times, one of whom was Peter Parker's daughter. They have a daughter themselves who would be the granddaughter of Spider-Man, and we find out she has been imprisoned by Wilson Fisk, and she's going to be executed because she has started like a uh, a resistance group trying to restart the, the superhero initiative. Her name will. is Ashley Barton. Yeah. Barton? Um. So, even though Hawkeye, yeah, even though Hawkeye and Logan are in the middle of this, you know, drive across the country, Hawkeye is like, "Look, we need to go save my daughter." Logan's like, "Absolutely not!" And it's like, "Well, it's on the way. We're already going that way, and like, I can't just let her die." Yeah. And Logan again, it's like, "Okay, I am not fighting. Like, you're on your own. If you want to go, like, play rescue, like, do not expect me to help you fight because that's not gonna happen." I love. Just like husband Ultron, like hi, howdy doody, Ultron. Like he's in like this button up shirt, and he's like, <laughs> he's definitely like the one with no pants in this relationship. Um, there's a really cool scene though with Ultron eight handing Logan an X Men keychain, and you know him kind of looking at it. You can tell it's like he hasn't seen that symbol in a very long time. Yes. Uh, probably a little bit of triggering going on. He's very haunted. Yep. Um, Logan and uh, Hawkeye have made it to Cedar City in Utah. Uh, they're driving to Rice Eccles Stadium, which is in Salt Lake City in Utah. Hey, we know where that is. That's right. Uh, yeah, for anyone that isn't aware, that's where Mary and I live. Uh, I wanted to bring up something uh, earlier. Uh, when they were in Vegas with Ultron 8 and them, and they talked about they need to go rescue Ashley in Salt Lake City, uh, Logan or Hawkeye mentions that um, it's 12 hours away. Um, I don't know how much Mark Millar, he's not American. It's not 12 hours. Yeah, Mark Millar is not American, so I don't know how well he knows geography that well, but Las Vegas is not 12 hours from Salt Lake Sorry. City. It's about six hours. So just I wanted to I wanted to put that in there because when I read that, I was like, huh, that's a little fabricated. <laughs> like, it's not even close. Like, it would have been I mean, like seven if you wanted yeah. to go like time zones i don't know but i mean they they maybe they move salt lake like farther away from las vegas i don't know but it's in bicycle stadium though just, so they didn't move the stadium i'm just if it would have been like eight hours or something i would have like let it go because i'm like okay it's, it's close enough you know like 12 hour like double like double the time it takes like no maybe there's a lot more mountains 
Um, Rice Eccles Stadium is one of the biggest stadiums we have in the state, so it makes sense that's why Wilson Fisk is having these like gladiator fights there where he has the Punisher and he has what's left of Daredevil. Um, Fighting not dinosaurs? Yeah, because dinosaurs exist for some reason. They do mention why I can't remember. They say like they're like genetically engineered, it's like some like Jurassic Park bullshit. I can't remember, but uh, they they literally show Punisher and Matt Murdock getting eaten to death, like just ripped to shreds by yes. these dinosaurs, and it's beautiful. Surprisingly, artwork. that they lasted so long. Yeah, like I don't know. Now they now they're dead. The artwork um, is beautiful, but it's also very gruesome. It but, is. Um, I will say this, Steve McNiven did at least some good um, research for Rice Stadium because when you see it, it looks how it really looks because we live here and we have been there. So Yeah. I like when things are accurate. If it's like when it mentions a place that you've been or a place you know and it's like actually pretty close, like, oh, okay, good. They didn't just like kind of bullshit it, you know? So I they go know. and they save Spider-Girl. Yeah, they go, and the plan is basically since the spider buggy can drive on walls, they're just going to drive through the building where they're holding Ashley and break her out. Uh, Hawkeye is actually a pretty badass here where he's just, like, going through, kicking the shit out of everybody. Yeah, blind. Remember, he's blind. Yeah. Um, Ashley kills Wilson Fisk. Yes, um, because... Like, the second she gets free. She does not want to start up a superhero resistance yeah like that's not like a hey guys rebellion it's like she wants to just take over his territory which she like successfully yeah she does and then she says kill hawkeye my my grandfather or whatever like she like decapitates wilson fisk with like a bar (laughs) like a big i'm not sure what it is that she has a big piece of metal Yes. And then, yeah, then she orders everybody to kill Hawkeye. Logan's like, God damn it. I got to come in and play rescue guy. And they run away. Yeah, but he comes in. He breaks through the, the wall again and um, grabs Hawkeye. And then they, they take off and they, they run away, basically. And uh, uh, Ashley does send a bunch of cars after them. Uh, they're in like a high speed chase. And then they all fall into this big hole. Of the Moloids. Yep, and they're in there for a couple hours. Um, they they passed out. Logan's healed himself now and can and can see. Um, when he he they have like a little glow stick thing that he lights up and he sees that the Moloids have like eaten a bunch of people and it's gross. Yeah, it is. Somehow Hawkeye's still alive, which is good. Um, they they get out of there somehow, which they were in pretty deep. Um. And then we see a really cool Venom symbiote. Yep, and a gigantic skeleton of Loki. Yep. Which is kind of cool. And then uh, they, they talk about, like, that was the final night of the of the superheroes, the night that Loki died and stuff. And they don't really go into too much detail other than that. But uh, we drive, by Pound, drive past Mount Rushmore, and there's an extra face or skull. I guess not a face, but that's cool. An extra head, I guess. Yeah, I on Mount Rushmore, um, no face, which uh, is, I mean, pretty heavily implies who it's supposed to be. But I guess if you wanted to play coy, you'd be like, "Oh, what is that supposed to signify?" It means death. Yeah. Ooh, it's yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Did I scare you? Yeah, no. Um, they stop at this bar in Des Moines, Iowa, and they're having this, uh, having a drink together and stuff. And Loki and not Loki, Hawkeye and Logan are having like a uh, kind of a sincere moment and stuff. And Logan starts to like break down and tear up, and he's talking about how he just can't stand the idea of hurting anybody ever again. And uh, there's a guy that comes up and tries to make a joke to Logan talking about how soft he is and Logan like puts the fear of God in him and storms out of the bar and uh, Hawkeye chases him out and he's like hey look I need to know what happened like who are you because like Hawkeye hasn't seen Logan in a long time and so all of a sudden he just sees this guy that used to be his friend but just isn't the same person anymore and Logan tells him okay I'm going to tell you what happened Yeah. so um, get ready because this is where it gets pretty heavy. Yep. So, fifty years in the past, at Xavier's school for gifted youngsters, um, all their securities were broken. Jubilee tells Logan, you know, we're being attacked. Um, you know, we're being ambushed basically by all these supervillains. Like Doctor Octopus is there. There's a bunch of people there. Um, there's a ton of villains, and. They're attacking the mansion and Logan's, you know, thoughts are like, I have to protect the kids. Obviously, it's at the school. So, he's like, I have to protect all the youngest kids here. And he's basically trying to buy them all time to evacuate. And he keeps, like, calling for help. He's like, Storm, Cyclops, where is everybody? Beast, Gambit, where are you? Like, he's fighting off all the villains on his own. Yeah, like, he's a one-man army, and just he's just... killing, just shredding just, them. Like, slashing people. Yeah, I mean, just with no hesitation, no anything. Um, And, again, he keeps talking about, like, why hasn't... Anybody um, shown up. Anybody, yeah, why hasn't anybody answered the call? Like, where is everyone? Then finally, and then finally he defeats the last one. Yeah, Bullseye is the last one to fall, and he stabs him through the chest. And then as he's, you know, hearing Bullseye take his last couple breaths, he's like, why, why would you do this? I thought you were our friend. Like, why? And Logan goes, what? What are you talking about? And then it settles in that um, he... Has Snap, killed. He kills. He killed Jubilee. It's Jubilee that he's holding in his hands. Um, as he looks around, he sees all of the villains that he thought he was fighting were the actually the X Men. Um, this was all a ploy from Mysterio. It's so sad. It is. It is so sad. And we see the body of Gambit, of Iceman, of Rogue, of Beast, of Cyclops, of Jean Grey. Um, I don't know if I said storm already. It's it's really bad. And the uh, Hawkeye is listening to this uh, next to a campfire. And Logan's, you know, just telling him, he's like, you know, that moment I decided I was never going to be anyone that caused anyone ever any harm ever again. And he's, he's like bawling. It's like a really traumatic experience for him, especially because well, like he killed all his friends. Yeah. Like Logan has killed a lot of people, though, through his lifetime, like through his long lifetime. But he, I think he's always killed with the intention of like, he believed that he was either defending himself or protecting other people and stuff. And part of it's the fact that he just got used. And part of it is that like he killed everyone that he knew. Like his, the only really there was, family he didn't that he'd have ever any had. Hes- hesitation. Yeah. 
the closest thing he probably ever had to family before the family that he has here in the future. Yeah. Um, so it's really sad. So after uh, he, you know, mutilated all the X-Men, he wandered off into a forest for hours and hours and um, he decided that he deserved to die for what he had done, even though he knew he couldn't die. Um, he figured he the next best thing would just give himself the experience of death, like the pain of death. Yeah. And so he uh, lays his head down on railroad tracks right as a train comes and tries Oof. to kill himself, even though he knows he can't. And he says, you know, after that day, my claws have never been popped again and they never will be kind of a thing. So, uh, that's a pretty good place to kind of like stop for a second, I guess, and kind of talk about this. What what was your kind of reaction to that moment, that flashback and stuff, the first time that you read it? My reaction was just... Sorry, my mic is being weird, stupid. Okay, I'm good. You're probably going to hear some of that, but we're good. You can cut that out. Mary, what was your reaction to the first time that you read that that part of the book, the flashback? My reaction was just that it was so sad. I got teary-eyed. Mm-hmm. So it was really emotional. Were you like really like surprised or shocked? Because like, I remember I was like so hooked on that mystery the first time. Like, why won't he fight anymore? And then like when you see, when I saw him like holding Julie, I was like, what in the world? Like when you see Mysterio immediately at all, gets put together but like i was completely shocked i don't know about you yeah i was super shocked that's crazy um mysterio is such like a under like underappreciated villain of like what he's able to do this is like one of his darkest moments but um it really shows you the like the potential that he has to like really inflict a lot of damage especially if he can get somebody like logan to be a pawn for him um kind of crazy so uh the next day they're you know they're driving along they have to pay a toll at a bridge and stuff and we see that um again there are dinosaurs in the future yep for some reason um and the venom symbiote has attached itself to a big tyrannosaurus rex and it chases logan and hawkeye yes um do you like this do you like the the venom t-rex yeah yeah. I think it looks cool. It I think the design it looks cool. Like that to me, like that that to me is the part where the book like is like too much. Like that's the one where I'm like uh, it was like a little bit too much for me. Like okay. Okay. Enough. Like I don't know for some well, reason. Well, they had to put him in some kind of peril so they can get teleported to that other place. It's true. If there was a jumping the shark for comic books like that to me was where I'm like, oh, "All right." <laughs> um, but yeah. Like, like Mary said earlier, they're they're being chased, and they are teleported away and are greeted by who, Mary? The White Queen and Black Bolt. Yeah, Emma Frost. Uh, Emma Frost and Black Bolt. Uh, Black Bolt saves them, takes them back. Um, Emma Frost looks like she hasn't aged a day. Logan's like, how come you haven't aged? And she basically tells him, like, I see what you want me to see. Like, I'm a master, you know. Um, she's like basically the surroundings that you're in aren't as pretty as they look either but um one of the best like uh what's well, not psychics but you know what i'm saying yeah uh strongest like mental mutants in the world she sees whatever people she wants people to see um she talks about how they fix their car and everything for them 
And they're going to get them back on the road. We see Doctor Doom for a second and nothing really comes of that. That kind of, that always, like, that kind of bothers me because, like, when I was re- rereading this again in preparation for the podcast and I saw, I was like, Doctor Doom. I was like, why does he, why is he in this? Because you don't, like, see him again, really. Like, Wasn't there another volume? The, there's, there's a, another series that, like, spawned off of this, but it's a different creative team and everything else. So it's not like Mark Millar put this in there for something he was going to do later. I don't know. It's just, it's Dr. Doom's territory. He can be wherever he wants. It's true. It's just like, he's like looming over and like watching them. So you think like, oh man, what's he going to do? Like, I don't know if like he maybe contacts the people that they meet up with New Babylon or something. I don't know. Like, it just, it's just, I don't know. Maybe it's just a cameo. Like, hey, look, Dr. Doom. And then that's it. Maybe. And to be fair, I guess it's fine. Um. We see the giant body of Hank Pym or the skeleton of Hank Pym that he's like fallen over a highway and stuff. Mm-hmm. Kind of crazy. So they've made it to New Babylon. Um, so now I guess we can, you know, this is the part where they kind of reveal who, who, who orchestrated the defeat of the superheroes and now who is president of not only the United States, but like his he has like his own territory but he kind of runs the whole the whole shindig and it is who mary um the winter soldier no (laughs) the red skull the red skull um there's a big old statue of him like holding all the superheroes in his hand like crushing them and stuff red skull i think is a cool um like head villain for this because he's the one that's like obviously the the one with the military background and everything, like, could orchestrate this big attack that the, su- the supervillains all plan together. So they get to this kind of hole-in-the-wall place that uh, Hawkeye was supposed to take the briefcase to, and now we finally find out what the briefcase is. It's, it's uh... It's not drugs, but it's full of these uh, little containers of super, super soldier... Super soldier serum. Yes. Um, where Hawkeye's plan was to give it to these people. They're going to start... Basically, resistance. rebuilding a, a superhero resistance to try it. Yeah, a, a new Avengers team. Um, the plan is to start a new team and then overthrow the government and give power back to the good guys. But. And uh, Hawkeye says, you know, the only condition is, you know, we're going to get paid the money for bringing this here. And also Hawkeye wants to be on the team because he, he really, it's like in his blood to like be a hero and he really misses it. Like he wants to. He wants to be a good guy again, but uh, they not, are double crossed. Yeah, and Hawkeye is shot and killed. Dead. Yeah. Um, it's it's really terrible. Rip Hawkeye. Yeah. So sad. Um, now we go back to another flashback in the past, and we see kind of Red Skull finishing off Captain America, mm-hmm. which is um really crazy. And uh, we get to go to the White House in New Babylon, and Red Skull has, like, this trophy room with um, just all these, like, souvenirs that he collected from the different Marvel heroes Mm -hmm. when they fell. So, you can kind of just, like, look around. It's kind of fun. I was having a good time yesterday just kind of, like, looking through some of these things. Like, you have, like, Doctor Strange's cape and Spider-Man's mask and Thor's helmet and, you know, Daredevil's billy club, some of Tony's armor, Cyclops' helmet and stuff like that. Uh, like his visor, not his helmet. But the but. piece de resistance on top of it all. And this is where it gets like creepy as shit, but like he wears Captain America's costume. 
still has all the blood on it and everything. Like, yeah, and he talks about like you know in the old days, like the hunters used to like wear their their prey as like a trophy and stuff. Like he says, like why shouldn't I be allowed that same ugh, you know taste creepy. of victory? And the highest piece of you know trophy that he has is Cap's shield. Yep, up on like a mantle. Um. So. Red Skull knew about the briefcase being transported. He arranged for them to, for the briefcase to be confiscated once it got here and delivered to him because he doesn't want the super serum being, you know, released onto the streets. And uh, they they come and they bring in, they tell him that Hawkeye's dead, but they don't know that Logan was um, Logan. the, Wolverine. yeah, like they don't know that the other guy that's been traveling with Hawkeye is, is what's left of Wolverine. Um so they're like, oh, we shot him, and like Red Skull's like, oh shit, like that guy's not dead. Yeah. So he wakes up, and well, he fights a bunch of people, and without using his claws. Yep. And he goes after, he goes after Red Skull, and um, he's really smart. I like that they have Nova's helmet too, which is really cool. But um, really smart. He goes after Cap's shield. Mm-hmm. Um, and. He fights with that, and he actually fights pretty good with it, and he kills the Red Skull. With Captain America's shield. Yep. So, um, while Red Skull is still wearing Captain America's costume, too, so, like, there's some, like, crazy symbolism there. Yeah. Um, Death by his own shield, in a sense, like. Yeah. um, I I love that, like, even though Cap is gone, I love that it's still his shield that gets that to like got him done. That finishes Red Skull. Yeah, like is that <laughs> that sounded so weird to me. That got him done. Yeah, that is man. Really I speak I speak English good. Yeah, real good. Um, yeah, he just like <laughs> he just like shoves the shield onto his throat so yeah. hard that just decapitates. He's dead. Yeah. Um, now all the guards are coming. Logan has to think of something really quick. So he puts uh, on Iron Man's armor. Yep, he's really tactical. He, he puts on the armor and he blows the crap out of the guards and then uh, grabs the money. Mm-hmm. And flies away. Yep. Into I don't the know sunset. why the money was even there. I don't know. If they were going to double cross them anyways. I don't know. I don't know either. Just go with it. Um, he takes the briefcase full of money that he's going to use to pay his rent because the, he still has to get home before the whole grandkids are going to murder his family. And he... Now, since he has the Tony armor, he can kind of get back home a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, the Iron Man suit does not have enough fuel to get him all the way back to Sacramento. Got him pretty far, though. Got, got, yeah, it gets him really 500 close. miles. Um, he has to walk 36 hours. Um, so he still has to walk for like a day and a half. Yes. Um, but, I mean, still pretty good. When he arrives back home... Um, he has found... One of his neighbors... Is waiting outside of his house. Yeah. And looking really like. Distraught. Yeah. Like like he's ready to console Logan. Yeah. And um, Logan's really happy to see him. You know. Because he's, he's like, got the money. He's going to pay yeah. off. You know. Is it good to see you? Rent. He's like I've been gone and stuff. Yep. I have the money. It's all going to be good. And he, he said. You know. The Hulk kids. They came. They already came like two days ago. They were bored. And he's like. Right? What? He's like. We had two more weeks. Like he. Logan made it back two weeks early, and he um in the brief and he mentions too in the briefcase like he got enough to pay the double rent that he owed them plus a ton more like he's like we're never gonna have to worry about money again for a long time with this briefcase of money that I have so like it's really heartbreaking because 
in his mind, he just set his family up for a long time of not having to worry about paying these assholes. And, um, yeah, again, he says the, the whole kids got bored and they, they step inside. And um, Logan's wife and children have just been slaughtered slaughtered to death. Yeah, um, They're just laying in the house. They're not buried or anything. It's really gruesome. It uh, is. And the whole kids even mentioned earlier, they, they could have ate them. They would have normally ate them. But they wanted to make sure they left bodies for Logan to find because they yeah. it was basically they wanted to terrible, hurt him. Terrible, terrible people. Yeah. Terrible inbred hick people. Um, and the neighbor tells him, he's like, you know, Logan, don't you go like causing no problems because like if you go out there and stir stuff up with the whole kids, the whole neighborhood's going to pay for it. Like, we're I'm sorry about your family. I'm sorry your family was just murdered, but you need to like cool out because you can't take those whole guys on and it's not going to end up good for anybody. And then and you we get, get a, the... a double page spread of Snicked. Which, for anyone that reads comic books, knows is the sound it makes when adamantium claws pierce yes. flesh, knuckles, and are released. The claws are out if you're not getting our drift. And um, all throughout the book, there's people that call him Wolverine, and he's constantly correcting them, saying, you know, I'm not Wolverine anymore, it's Logan. Logan. No, please don't call me that, I'm Logan. Um, here he pops the claws again, and he says, you know, it's not Logan anymore, it's Wolverine. Um and his his fists and his knuckles are all bloody because he hasn't popped his claws in so long that the holes have healed. So he had to like shred his, you know. What do you mean? I guess they they heal every time, anyways. Yeah. But like, I imagine it's probably worse because it's been fifty years. So I, don't know, I just think it's really cool that like his knuckles are all bloody and stuff, and the claws coming out. That's not something you usually get to see. So now we're heading to the final chapter of this book. Um, the the Hulk grandkids are washing themselves off in a watering hole they're all covered in logan's family's blood um they talk about like how yeah we had to go teach that logan guy a lesson and everything they think they're hearing something in the water and here comes logan and he is he kills him yeah he like with no remorse like he's just he doesn't want to talk he he doesn't want any there's no time for words. He's just I think he kills all of them, right? He, he does. He, Every single one of them. Except one. Except one. Um, well, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, we go to a bar called Stark's Bar. Which <laughs> is um, kind of funny. Um, they're all just picking out being a dick to the, to the guy that runs this bar and stuff. And then all the lights flicker off once they turn back on. Um, once the guy turns a flashlight on. Logan has already murdered the other whole kids that were hanging out in this bar. It's it's terrible. And then we go to Hef's mansion, which I guess is kind of like a like a brothel. Is that what it is? I would imagine. So, um, yes. It looks like the other whole grandkids. There's a lot of whole grandkids. So there's like, a lot. I'm not exactly sure on a number of how many, but there's a lot of them there, and they've all paid to have their way i guess with a bunch of these naked women that are lying all around and they're done and they're getting dressed and um it's really like elderly woman that runs the brothel that she's basically letting them have free prostitution in um hopes that she can get by on their rent like she tells them like she's like yeah i hope you guys had a good time with the girls and stuff i hope you'll remember that um 
if you if we could maybe knock a little bit off of our rent this month or go easy on us if the rent's not all there. Um, when they walk out of the brothel, Wolverine is standing like a badass in a trench coat and a hat, waiting for them, claws drawn, ready to go. Um, you don't see their deaths, but it's safe to assume. Yes. Um, now we go back to Banner's Lair, which is like a trailer park, yeah. and he just lives in a big cave. Um, Hulk goes through, and he's killing them all again, still. Uh, I never continued, again, reading any of the the actual ongoing Old Man Logan series that Jeff Lemire wrote after this book. So if anybody's read it and knows the answer to this, please let me know, because they never explain to you in this alternate future why Hulk is evil, because... Most people reading this book like, I thought Hulk was one of the good guys. Like, Bruce Banner is a douchebag in this book. So, um, I'm just curious. Like, if, if they ever explain, like, why he went evil in this universe, I would like to know that. Well, the gamma poisoning um, has begun to deteriorate his sanity. Is that what it was? Yeah. Okay, I think you're right, huh? They do say something like that. Okay. So, he just keeps getting crazier and crazier. Retracted. Um... <laughs> uh, Logan just like blows up the whole trailer park. He he shows up with um, the Fantastic Four's um, ship thing that the other Hulk Banner kids were using, and he strapped bombs to them, and they just explode, and it like blows up like half the trailer park with them. Um, and Logan even says like, "There's no more time to talk. I'm literally just here to kill people," and. It shows him cut off one of the banner kids, the one of the ladies' heads. Shows him, you know, ram his claws through the jaw of another guy. Um, it's it's pretty gruesome, but it's really really awesome. And then here comes Bruce Banner, and Bruce Banner is like an old old man by this point, like. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's you know still still moving around. Uh, he comes in and basically tells him like, why like why did you come here like. You're you're being an idiot, and he's he's just he's really overly cocky and stuff. And they fight for a little bit. He throws a cow at Logan, and Logan just cuts the cow in half. Yeah, like rips it like straight up in two pieces, like boom, boom, like oh my god. And um, Hulk ends up eating Wolverine. Yeah, like he, at first he tells him this whole thing, like he wanted to leave Wolverine alive, like because he was he wanted to fight somebody again, like. He talks about how bored he's been not having a real challenge. He's like, I missed the old days, like when I could fight the Wolverine and stuff. Um, yeah, so Banner hulks out into Hulk and he eats Wolverine alive. Yes. So Hulk 12, thinks that he's one. Yeah, 12 hours later, um, there's one Hulk child left. or Hulk baby. There, there's a Hulk baby and then there's another um, child or grandchild or whatever left that comes in and you know he's like what happened you know and he's like well you know blah, blah blah we won don't worry about it we can we can repopulate again if need be and we still have the hulk baby here hulk says oh my stomach hurts yeah and uh he talks about eating he's like i've had a cramp for the last you know several hours and stuff and that's where it kind of settles in that like oh crap like you can't just you can't just eat Logan because he has a healing factor. Wolverine just bursts through him and it's all green and gory. Ugh. So it took 12 hours, but the man did completely rebuild himself from twelve from digestion. Yep. <laughs> and it's gruesome as hell. So Banner is dead. Yep. 
and uh, he he's gonna go and he he does kill the older one, right? Yeah. Yeah, because he he tells him something. He's like, "Yeah, give me that. Give me your clothes. Basically, I'll let you live a little bit longer." And um, he tells him, "He's like, go ahead and you know do whatever you have to do to me, but please like don't hurt the baby or whatever." And he's like, "You he's like you guys had no problem killing my family. Why should I not like repay that?" You know so you kind of almost think that he's gonna kill the baby. Yeah, like I I assume that he kills the baby the first time. Like I assumed that he was gonna kill the baby the first time too. Like that's kind of like the. Cute little like silver lining at the end, but yeah, um, so I'm glad that he. Didn't we go do that. back to that would have um, been a step too far for me. You think that that would have been a step too far? A little bit, really? Yeah. Like I wouldn't have minded it, but it was kind of like a cute little like nod at the end, like oh, like he's not like because he still is like not heartless. Like this Wolverine is not that like raging animal anymore. Um, anyways, back on his farm. He makes a, a burial and stuff for his wife and his kids, like a memorial. And um, his daughter mentions earlier that she had this Raggedy Ann doll. And it shows Logan putting the Raggedy Ann doll on his daughter's grave. And um, it's, yeah, it's it's real sad. And his neighbors are all there and stuff. He said, and, what are you going to do now? Yeah, and like he's basically, they're all there asking like, do you, are you sure you have to go? Like, where are you going and stuff? And he's like, you know, my wife and my kids were all that were for me here. If they're not here anymore, there's no reason for me to stay here. He's basically like, I'm going to take my horse and I'm going to go across the country and I'm going to start taking out the bad guys one by one. Like, not saying I can, like, overthrow anything or restore the good old days, but I can, as far as he knows, he's basically can live forever and he can heal still from almost anything. So, like, what does he have to lose? He's got a little partner that's going to come along this trip with him baby hulk he left the baby hulk alive and he's like strapped to his back and him and the hulk baby are gonna ride across the country and try to save the world and they ride off into the sunset and that is the end of old man logan so we both read this before and reread it uh in preparation for this podcast it's been a couple years since we read it so how did it uh how did it sit with you the second time? As good as you remember or better than you remember or Yeah, as good as I remember. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Um there's there's some of it I think I was even able to get more out of this time. Yeah. Just because I was able to kind of see what they were doing, like some of the stuff that Mark Millar lays groundwork for, knowing that it pays off, you know. It's just it's just a book that has a lot of payoffs and I love that cuz like it's like it as the reader it rewards you throughout the book for paying attention or just sticking with it. Uh, Steve McNiven's art is phenomenal in this book, uh, especially if you like some of the kind of not, it's not really gory, but it's definitely like gory for Marvel standards. Um, definitely a rated mature book. If you prefer the all out slasher Wolverine that takes no prisoners, this is definitely right up your alley. You're going to see a lot of Wolverine decapitating and slashing and ripping people to shreds and stuff so it's a great book i it's one like i say i think this is a book every comic fan should own this is just one of those books that like you gotta have this it's needs to be on everybody's bookshelf it's a good quick quick read i really like the like what if stories Mm -hmm. because i mean everybody knows the basics of you know you got your good guys you got your bad guys and you know, you know what's going to happen in the end. Mm-hmm. And this is like a what if, like, the good guys lost. Yeah. Like, They're gone. If, yeah, because we didn't really go over too much of, like, how 
the bad guys win besides like how they trick Wolverine to kill the X-Men. But basically like they finally just come together and like they're smart enough to be like, hey, there's like 20 or 30 supervillains for every superhero. So like if we all teamed up, there's no way like we could be stopped. Yeah. Just everybody be on the same page for a little while and then get greedy at the end. But like and it it works. they, They just completely outnumber the heroes and it works. Yeah. I love this book, too, because it is an out-of-continuity story and it is an alternate future. This is a book that you can just hand to anybody. Um, it doesn't matter if you've never read a Wolverine or a Marvel book in your life. As long as you kind of have a basic understanding of who Wolverine and who some of these other characters are. You'd probably enjoy this You book. can read this book just fine and you're not going to have any confusion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I love books like that. I love this. I love books that you can just hand to anybody. Like, here, read this. You're going to get a kick out of this. Yeah. Even uh, ne- not necessarily comic readers could just get a kick out of this book. So I really enjoy that. Okay, well, uh, that's it for Comic Club um, this month. Next month, there's a pretty big holiday that roams around in December for, you know, certain people of certain faiths or, you know, something like that. Uh, so in celebration of that next month. Kwanzaa? On, yeah. Is there a Kwanzaa comic out there? I don't know. Somebody, Somebody tell doing. Um, We are going to do Lieber Mayho's Batman Noel next month on Comic Club. Oh, yes. Which is an awesome... I don't know why I was thinking Claws. Uh, Grant Morrison's Claws. That's next year. Christmas. Next, next year. Yeah. Next year's Christmas Book Will Be Club. But Bat- Batman Noel is a lot of fun. Um, it's a, If you've never read it before, it's um, you should read it um, in preparation for this. So that way you can kind of follow along with us and you kind of know what the story's about. But it's basically... Dickens, uh, A Christmas Carol, but with the DC characters, mainly Batman. Um, kind of a cool spin on, you know, that classic story. So we're going to do that. Batman Scrooge? Yes, he is. Okay. And so it's a lot of fun. And it's really interesting the way that they weave in, you know, the different ghosts and who represents who and stuff. So a lot of fun. But uh, let's do some weekly picks before we... Before we oh, we're doing weekly picks? Yeah, let's, yeah, we're doing weekly picks. I'll pick She Could Fly. All right. Yeah. Mary read She Could Fly. So did yes. I. From Dark Horse. Christopher Cantwell and Martine Morazzo. Yep. Four issue miniseries from Dark Horse that was very, very good. Yeah, really good. Give Definitely a... has a horror aspect. Like, mm-hmm. What's it about? Briefly. It's about a girl who's obsessed with this lady that could fly. And she one day just poof is gone. That's, and... that's all I'm going to give. Okay. That's enough. That's um... all you need. <laughs> very good that's all i knew and yeah it was good very disturbing uh martin Morazzo of ice cream man fame a book that we love on this podcast yes um he brings it again on this book with some really horrific imagery and stuff which you haven't which if you if you i finally read um the new ice cream man oh and that one that was good it was very, very that good. was really good mm-hmm. with the ambulance and they're going around town and Oh my gosh, that was so good. So, another weekly pick of Ice Cream Man from yes, Mary. Yes, um, I got two. I'm sorry. <laughs> my weekly pick. Tyler. Mary, Tyler. do you realize that I live in a world now where I get to say that the current writer on Green Lantern is Graham Morrison? That is my world. That is my life. You have only been talking about this for like months now. Yeah, that's right. Since they announced it at San Diego Comic Con. And that is my reality. 
that Grant Morrison is writing Green Lantern. And the first issue of the Green Lantern from Grant Morrison and Liam Sharp came out this last Wednesday. Yes. And I was right there at the midnight release for it and could not wait to get my hands on this book. Um, it's a really good book. It's a really good first issue. It's not necessarily anything that's going to blow you away as far as story goes. It's a lot of setup. It's more like this is what the story is. They're more just kind of telling you. It's more of Morrison just kind of telling you what the book's feel is going to be. And and that, a lot of that comes from just Grant Morrison's writing style. He, he's very much a slow burn. Kind of got like Grant Morrison writes for trade a lot of times. Like So it's hard to take some of his issue by issue, but it is very well written. Um, it's just one of those things like, Graham Morrison's one of those writers where, like, if you read single issues, they're very good. But it, it's once you see the story all together as a whole, because like he has he has this idea that he has to piece it out in these little parts. So once you see all of it together, you go, "Oh, that's what it was supposed to be." So um, again, I say it's just he he his style is very much it's, it's slow burn. So the first issue is not one of those ones that's good like oh my gosh it's off to the races like it's just a good solid first issue but i cannot wait to see where this series goes it's you know my favorite comic writer of all time on one of my favorite comic characters of all time hal jordan so yeah the green lantern from Grant morrison liam sharp awesome can't wait to see where this goes i hope all of you guys pick that book up this week because so good so uh that does it for another episode here time flies almost as fast as superman and this podcast is about over um, we're hopefully going to be back here next week with another creator interview for you guys. We're still trying to get that all put together, but uh, stay tuned for that. We're going to have Batman Noel next month on Comic Book Club and some other cool stuff coming up for you guys in the next couple of weeks. The creator focused on Dan Jurgens and, you know, wasn't that bad for Superman 4. So we got a lot of fun stuff coming up in the next few weeks uh, to keep you guys busy in the holiday season that's about to start ramping up when everyone's got, you know, no time for podcasts because you're so busy, busy, busy. But uh, they'll be... You gotta listen to something while you're out shopping, right? <laughs> we're good entertainment for your children in the And car. we're not Christmas music. Yeah, that's true. Which- can, we, can we play Christmas music? When we do Batman Noel, our introduction... Because I know there's a bunch of Christmas songs that are in the public domain. Like Jingle Bells, I know, is in the, is in the public domain. So it's not copyrighted. Like, we need to have, like, Christmas music open our Batman Noel episode. Okay, I'll think about it. So that's if I have time. You have time. Uh, that's not. I'm just kidding. Don't don't be upset. Um, until next time, make sure you follow us all on social media. We're Fortress of Comitude Podcast, basically everywhere. Leave us a review. We're on Spotify. We're on uh, Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud and Audio Boom and other places. And I am Tyler, and I don't know what to say. Who are you? I'm Mary. 